This podcast contains sensitive and sometimes graphic details, information, and testimonials relating to burn injuries, burn victims, death, disaster survivors, and PTSD. Listener discretion is advised. Hello there, and welcome back to the podcast miniseries, We Need Ice, Explosion on the Railroad. Last time, we really got into the meaning behind the We Need Ice message. We took a look at the county hospital situation after the 73 Blevy tore through the town of Kingman, Arizona, injuring hundreds and ultimately taking the lives of 12. But you got to remember, too, these were all volunteers, the firemen. I helped at the hospital, and there was a person there that was missing the back of their shirt. All you could see was their back. The flame came down on their back and seared their back. A hole and flesh was hanging all over. That's my friend Kay, who was a resident of Kingman, Arizona, for 13 years and was there for the Blevy. As a volunteer at the Mojave County Hospital in 1973, the main aid she rendered was pouring buckets of ice water over the Blevy victims. If you're not up to speed, please don't move on without listening to the previous episodes in order. And if you haven't yet, make sure to follow, like, and subscribe this podcast. Rate and review it as well. You won't regret not only being the first to know of We Need Ice updates and new episodes, but being a part of this project through your commentary. I'm expecting survivors of the Blevy and Kingman residents to be listening. Let them know you're enjoying this story. Their story. In this episode, we'll get into the fallout from the Blevy. The heroes who gave their lives, the firefighting community and the residents of Kingman, and what their recovery looked like. Here we go. I'm sitting here looking at a Mojave County news magazine from August 2nd, 1973. On that date, this paper was delivered by a little boy on a bike, probably wearing a newsboy cap, possibly suspenders. He might have had one of those wagons that secured to the back of his bicycle and rolled on behind him, or a big basket in front of his handlebars, causing him to really use those arm muscles to keep his transportation from toppling. I'm sure we can all agree that life in a small town during 1973 was of a simpler time. But for the small town of Kingman, Arizona, 1973 introduced complexities the community was not prepared for. I've never held such a delicate piece of print news before. Not just delicate in content, the pages are yellow, the folds are deeply creased, and with the turn of each page, I risk ripping either the curled edges or the soft spot where the folds meet in the center. 
Twenty-five cents is printed on the top left corner, and there's a large photo of a woman wearing a crown and cradling a dozen roses. The heading reads: "Mojave salutes Miss Arizona of 1973, Susie May of Kingman." But on pages 30 and 31, the section commonly known as the centerfold, I find a two-page spread dedicated to the lives lost from the 73 Blevy. It's the most beautiful thing I've seen in a while, and certainly pertaining to this topic. We promise we will never forget you or yours. Ending with an exclamation point is plastered across the space. Encircling the article are twelve portrait illustrations, faces of the men who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Every one of them resembling a Noah from the Notebook or a Hubble from the Way We Were. Handsome, strapping young men who, if we didn't know better, had long lives ahead of them. Knowing how tight knit a community Kingman was, is. It's no wonder they showed up in support of one another while recovering from the Blevy disaster. My friend Kay tells me about Kingman camaraderie and how families who could take the children of other families, which had lost their heads of household, stepped up to do so. Kay herself recalls living in 1,100 square feet with eight people when she took on the children of one of the firefighters and burn victims for a while. She reminisces on a particularly tough conversation she had during that time with a seven-year-old in her care. When Charlotte came home from the swimming pool, crawled up my arms and said, "So and so told me today my daddy's a dead man." She just hugged me and just—I mean, she was just—it's sick. She said. Karen, my daddy's not a dead man, and how do you tell a kid? You don't want to lie to him, and you you don't know, you know. So you just sit there and hold him. I know the audio is a little shaky. When I visit Kay and she talks about Kingman, I kind of just let it flow. We sit in her living room. Her clock is ticking, and the air conditioning or fans are running. My dog is panting in the background or whining for treats here and there. No fancy microphones, just a stock voice recording app, and my phone sitting on an end table. It's all about her comfort, not my audio quality. So I'll repeat Kay's words from that last clip. When Charlotte came home from the swimming pool, crawled up my arms and said, "So and so told me today my daddy's a dead man." And she just hugged me, and just she said, "Kay, my daddy's not a dead man. And how do you tell a kid? You don't want to lie to them, and you don't know, so you just sit there and hold them." In the midst of Kingman's recovery from the Blevy, and with a full house, Kay tried her best to keep the children's lives as normal as possible. That went for her own children and those in her care. So she allowed them trips to the community pool. After all, nothing makes kiddos happier in the summertime than pool play. Unfortunately, the Blevy and its victims were on the minds of everyone in Kingman, and this little girl got wind that her father's prognosis for pulling through was not looking good. 
As it turned out, so-and-so was right. Her daddy did not come home. I'm back into the stack of Mojave Minor newspapers from 1973. Three dead in disaster here in big block letters takes up nearly the whole top third of this page. Allow me to read the beginning portion of this article by Don Cole and Jim Hudson, as it's really going to drive some things home. Three Kingman men are dead, and 13 others have been flown out to burn centers in Phoenix and Las Vegas as a result of a disastrous fire and explosion which struck the hilltop area of Kingman shortly after noon yesterday. Dead in an explosion that ripped apart a Santa Fe car filled with propane gas are William F., a.k.a. Bill Casson, M.B., a.k.a. Jimmy Cox, and Roger Hubka. All three men were members of the Kingman Fire Department. Coroner Clyde McCune told the miner late yesterday that all three men were seized by heat of such proportions that he felt they must have died instantly. The heat was so bad that I took a knife and peeled their wallets apart layer by layer to help in identification. I'm sure that they died instantly in the explosion, that they didn't know what hit them. Nine of the injured were flown to Phoenix in Luke Air Force Base choppers and Good Samaritan Hospital air evac aircraft, and four were flown to Henderson, Nevada Hospital. Firemen injured and flown out of Kingman yesterday afternoon included John Campbell, Joe Chambers, Alan Hansen, Chris Sanders, Art Stringer, Huey Stringer, and Lee Williams. End quote. This is an interesting perspective on an event we now know spared so few. At the time of this publication, three were officially gone from the Blevy. Thirteen had been flown or evacuated to remote hospitals for life-saving treatment from dedicated burn units. I can't help but think about the people who read this for the first time all those years ago and the roller coaster of emotions they were forced to ride out. This article makes up a small fraction of the Blevy news this stack of old papers hold. On this day, while readers were delivered the dreadful update that three of their own were confirmed dead, they must have also felt they could hold out hope for the critically injured receiving the best care available, but... You remember what I said about most who were transported for treatment, right? I suppose it's better to have hope. Maybe part of God's plan was staggering the times of death of those the Blevy took to their final resting places. Hmm. Isn't that something to consider? Heartbroken community buries its dead, local firemen lauded, is the headline of this July 12, 1973 issue. It reads, Saddened and stunned residents of Kingman and friends from afar joined grieved members of the families this week in burying the dead from the tragic explosion and fire last Thursday. 
funeral services and ceremonies of last rites proceeded on an almost continuing schedule with the Elks Lodge and churches filled to capacity and overflowing. Messages of eulogy for the nine men, eight of them members of the Kingman Volunteer Fire Department, rang true as the community paid tribute to brave men who died in protecting the life and property of all its citizens. End quote. Did you catch that? Nine men? This publication, Nine Days After the Blevy, memorializes nine men. We know there are more to come, and I'm reminded of one of the conversations I had with Kay, where she said something to the effect of, It felt like every day for two weeks we would get the news that another had passed. It's clear to me now, as it was not long into my first interviews with Kay, that her memories are as sharp as a tack. She is the linchpin to this project. A few turned pages of the same minor issue, and life after the blevy is here in print again. Flags fly at half-mast throughout the community, in tribute to those men who gave their lives, hovers over six black-and-white photos of the town's flags paying homage at the city's Monument Park, at the Mojave County Courthouse, at the U.S. Post Office, at the Elks Lodge, and at the Mojave General Hospital, and at residences and business firms. Another turn of the page, and I see a photograph of what looks like a parade route or a traffic backup. Cars bumper to bumper fill every lane of the street. I can make out a storefront sign along the road, Mojave Savings and Loan. On closer inspection, the image's caption brings it all into focus, and it says, Cars filled the streets and every vacant lot as Kingman turned out to honor the dead at funeral services this week. End quote. On the same page is a picture of a door, and I can't tell if it's a shop, office, or a private home, but it matters not. There's a big bow and ribbon displayed right in the middle of the structure's entrance, and the caption reads, Wreaths, ribbons, bows, and bands of black were dominant throughout Kingman this week as the city paused to mourn the dead from last week's blast. Throughout the week, the list of dead from the fire continued to grow, and local residents waited pensively for each condition report list issued by the hospital. Throughout, town law enforcement officers wore black bands on their badges while black wreaths and ribbons decorated the doors and windows of businesses and public buildings as a symbol of mourning for the fallen neighbors and friends. End quote. Sure, there are some squares of the minor newspaper still dedicated to ads for fishing and camping gear and coupons for small businesses, but... The majority of the space is reserved for news around the Blevy victims and a grieving town. Kingman, Arizona firefighter Oscar Lopez summarizes the Kingman community's recovery post-73 Blevy. Every funeral was pretty much held on separate days. And each funeral had long processions. Um, you know, you're talking about 11 people that were respected citizens, not only for what they did, but for what they did for the community also. 
you know, just they were, you know, they were outstanding members of the community that, you know, it wasn't like, you know, Otis off of uh, Andy Griffith. Mm -hmm. These guys were Andy Griffith. These guys were Floyd the Barber. These guys were, you know, those type of people. You know, everybody knew them. Everybody knew what they did. Everybody knew that they were volunteer firefighters. Everybody knew that they were the principal of the school or they were or the general manager of, of, of Citizens Utility. You know, they were all highly respected community members. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the city, each funeral, the, the city pretty much would almost completely closed out. Oscar does a great job of creating this parallel with the town of Kingman and the wholesome sitcoms we all know and love, like Andy Griffith. It really sinks in how close-knit Kingman residents were. These were your average, hard-working Joes, the wives that loved them and the children they were trying to raise in a family-centric community. But in another issue of The Miner, dated August 30th, 1973, almost two months after the catastrophic blevy, I find a small write-up in the bottom corner of the front page. The article draws the eye only with a solid outline around the content and a heading containing a name my eyes are now trained to take focus on. Doxel. Oh my gosh, Doxel. It's the name of the company the deadly propane actually belonged to. The full title of the tiny article is Doxel Answers Questions. This ought to be good. <laughs> <laughs> 